0: Welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Gleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Commissioners for HMRC and SSE Generation Limited. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 17. And this case that we're looking at this week is a tax case that offers an excellent opportunity to review the principles behind statutory interpretation. You may also know the respondents in this case, SSE, as Scottish and Southern Energy. The wider company provides power to millions of homes, while this limited company is concerned with power generation. In fact, this case is all about capital allowances on expenditure incurred when constructing a hydroelectric power station in Scotland. These allowances can generally be deducted from income, and when it comes to calculating trading profits, are subject to corporation tax. HMRC disputed certain allowances between the years 2006 and 2012 on the basis that the relevant assets were not covered under the Capital Allowances Act 2001. The case bounced through the lower courts with some allowances being permitted and some not. Generally those courts and tribunals found in favour of SSE and so HMRC appealed to the Supreme Court which is where we pick things up. Now, the actual issue in this case was whether items constructed for the collection and transmission of water to, through and from, the hydroelectric power station are a tunnel or an aqueduct, within the meaning of those words as they are used in Section 22, List B of Chapter 3, Part 2 of the 2001 Act. If they are, then the expenditure on the items does not qualify for capital allowances, the justices began by looking at the meaning of the word tunnel, and noted that the ordinary meaning of the word is quote, any subterranean passage. End quote. Beyond that, the Oxford English Dictionary offers us another ordinary meaning which is quote, a roadway excavated underground. End quote. To decide which of those is correct and which meaning was intended, it is important to consider the context. Specifically, List B identifies certain structures that are to be excluded from capital allowances in all cases. It is fair to assume that those lists have an overarching thematic connection, and here the other items in the list, such as bridges, viaducts, and aqueducts, suggest that the theme here is transportation routes or ways. As such, a tunnel is a subterranean passage through an obstacle for something like a road, railway or canal to pass through now HMRC were keen to point out that tunnel also appears in section 23 list C which specifies exceptions to the exclusions from capital allowances they argued that this strongly indicates that the use of the term in list B is not limited in meaning but this was rejected by the Supreme Court Instead, the court's definition of tunnel is based on an objectively reasonable contextual inference and creates a clear division between what will and what will not qualify as a capital allowance. Moving on to the definition of an aqueduct, and here HMRC made the argument that the ordinary meaning of the word is simply any conduit to convey water. The Supreme Court did agree that this was one possible interpretation but also examined the definition contained in the Oxford English Dictionary, which refers to a structure used to carry water over a river. Similarly, other dictionaries first define an aqueduct as a bridge-like structure used for carrying water. In fact, in the Court of Appeal, Lady Justice Rose observed that this sort of structure, like the Romans used to have, is probably what first comes to mind for people when they imagine an aqueduct. In List B of the Act, aqueducts are listed alongside bridges and viaducts. In other words, the legislative context is other structures that are intended as part of transportation infrastructure. This makes sense if you think of an aqueduct as a means of carrying water or a canal along a bridge-like structure. But if an aqueduct was intended to simply mean a water conduit, as HMRC contend, then it makes a lot less sense to have it listed alongside bridges And viaducts in the list. Furthermore, HMRC's definition would also make other items in the list, such as canals, dikes, and drainage ditches, superfluous because they are also water conduits, too. On this basis, HMRC's appeal failed, and the decision by the Court of Appeal was upheld. I think that this case is a good one for law students to consider in the context of statutory interpretation. When I was teaching first-year students, it was often the case that we might take a look at the literal rule, where judges focus on the dictionary definition, and then later on take a look at the purposive approach, where judges try to define what the intent behind Parliament's legislative effort is. Each of these rules tended to be taught to the exclusion of the other, but this case shows that such a view is not really reflective of the more blended approach that judges are likely to take when faced with cases nowadays. Here the justices began with the dictionary definition but then also considered that literal meaning in the context of the statute. Ultimately what they are aiming for is a practical definition of a word or phrase that gives life to what parliament enacted in a reasonable fashion. In a modern justice system this has to be the way to come to a fair conclusion. Well thank you very much for tuning into this podcast and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad free then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in then check out the link in the description to the podcast episode. Anyway I'll be back with another episode next week but for now Bye.